from the Thinking Out Loud studios, it's the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle, the podcast that exists to help you navigate the culture of today from a biblical perspective and to help you grow in your relationship with God. God has commissioned and called you to be a light in this culture. The only way you can do that is to know the truth. No matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what season of life that you're in, if you truly want to find success in that season, you're going to have to go back to the simple question of what does God say about me in this moment? There's no shortage of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. Welcome back to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. I'm Kevin Wilson. And I am so happy to be back with you guys this week for another episode of the show and just really happy to be going on this journey with you. We've been going on a journey for the last couple of weeks. We're in a series and I just, you know what? I want to hear what you guys are thinking about this series. What is God speaking to you? What's God saying to you? How has this series been helpful to you and, and this feedback's good because it helps us to know you know that this stuff is getting out there to you guys and that it is helpful because at the end of the day this is your show this you know we do this for you and so we want to make sure that the things and there are things that we're going to talk about that I just feel like you know God wants us to talk about and then there's other things that we you know we may talk about because listeners say hey I want to know about this or or what what have you but all in all we want to know if this content is helpful to you so if you could just drop us a line just text the line 248 248- 301-2010. That's our show hotline, 248-301-2010. Text that line 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We'll be more than happy to conversate with you there and make sure that your questions are answered. If you have show topic suggestions, questions, feedback, any of that stuff, but specifically for this show and this series that we've been doing, I'd love to hear from you. What are some thoughts? What are some things that have stuck out to you? What are some, and and it could be people listening that know me. There's a lot of people who listen, who know me, but we don't see each other all the time or whatever the case may be, or you may go to church with me. You know, I want to hear from you. What about this series has stuck out to you? Because I believe there is no way. I know that God is speaking and it's just been such a blessing. Oh my goodness. Such a blessing. You know, I was telling you, I think it was last episode or one before. I'm also teaching this at my Tuesday night Bible study and man, are we having a good time? I mean, it's just good stuff. And so feel free, like I say, to join us there. Also rate and review us. So whatever platform you listen to us on, that helps us greatly. If you like this show, please go to, if you're, if it, if you're on an Apple device, scroll all the way down, you will see where you can rate and review us. Please do that. That helps us greatly. If you're on Google podcast, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, Podchaser, Stitcher, all the places, if they have a place there where you can rate and review us, please do so and make sure you hit the follow or subscribe button so that you won't miss anything that we've got going on. And so it's very important 
that you do that. It really, really helps us out a ton. And of course, we are excited to continue this series. And today we are going to talk about so we we're there's there's a few parts of this series and man we've talked about all kinds of things so that first week we talked about sanctification the life you've always wanted and then last time we were together we talked about sanctification and the subtitle was don't follow the rules right and then this particular episode, we're going to talk about you're a canvas. You are a canvas. And I love this one. You know, as I, as, as I've been studying and for this, and I looking over my notes and like I say, teaching it again in Bible class and stuff like that. It's just, you know, more and more stuff just comes to you. You know, God just downloads things as you're speaking. Sometimes God downloads things as you're studying. So It's just been exciting for me. And I was thinking about, I don't know if it was on the way to church or if it was when I was at church this week, but I, I was thinking, I said, you know, I am so unqualified to speak on such deep things, right? This, this, this thing that we call sanctification, this deep work that God does in our lives by the Holy Spirit is such an awesome thing, right? It's just, it's such a beautiful thing. And, you know, I I think about it and I go, you know what? I am not worthy. I am not worthy to teach on this, but yet God is, I'm on assignment. And this is what I believe that God is speaking to me right now. And so I am grateful and I'm humbled to be able to come to you every other week and just share what God has downloaded regarding sanctification. And so, and again, everything we do, we do it based on scripture. We're not interested in going outside of biblical parameters, right? I mean, there's a lot of studying, there's a lot of, you know, commentaries and, and, you know, we talked about exegesis and eisegesis and all of that stuff. That's all of those things are important. And that's, we bring all of those things together when we, when we study big subjects like this, it is so important that we know where we're getting our truth from, where are we getting the things that we're speaking? And it's so important for us to know that. And so let's jump in. Let's jump in. You ready? (laughs) All right. Oh man, I sound like SpongeBob right there. You ready, kids? Um, but <laughs> for you, listen, for you who have never watched SpongeBob or don't have kids, you're probably like, what is happening right now? Uh, but that is a cartoon. My kids, when they were little, well, my oldest daughter, when she was little, she would watch it. And then it got really weird after, in my opinion, it just something weird, but, um, about SpongeBob today. Oh man. But. Let's jump in and let's talk about sanctification and the process of sanctification in our lives. So remember when we talked about, we talked about the first week, we talked about what sanctification is, right? Last week we talked, or the last time we were together, we talked about don't follow the rules. This week, I really want to help you to understand that sanctification is a process, right? This is not something that is going to happen overnight in your life. 
you know, a lot of people, when they come to Christ, they wrongly believe that when they say the sinner's prayer and they get baptized, that somehow, magically, everything is just going to be right. They're not going to sin anymore. They're not going to make mistakes. They're not going to have any issues. And sometimes I think it's the it's the it's how we've how we've sold it at church or when we talk to people in the marketplace, right? We'll say things like, Hey man, you come to Jesus. Everything is just going to be better. Everything is going to be. And yes, in a context, yes, it will. Everything will be better, but here's the thing. We're not going to be perfect, right? That we still have areas of our lives that need to be worked on. We have areas of our lives that God still wants to prune. God still wants to, to water and God wants to, to make us better in some of these areas of our lives. And so this is what the process of sanctification does. And so remember when you receive Christ as savior, when you accept him, the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you're baptized. That's that, that's that outward and public proclamation that you have buried your sins and then you've, uh, ro- you've risen to alive with Christ, right? That, that's what we do in that process. That is our justification, right? As soon as we become saved, we are now in right standing with God because of Jesus. And that is awesome. But then there's this process that happens that we've been talking about that if you allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life, this process begins to happen and and it, it changes you to be more like God. Or, you know, we say we call ourselves Christians, right? We simply, we are to be Christ-like. But there's something that has to happen in our lives for us to be Christ-like. It's just not magic, right? You know, I've got the Holy Spirit. Now I'm like Christ. No, you're justified. Now you begin to walk with the Spirit. You begin to open yourself up to this process of sanctification. And then God begins to do amazing things. And you begin to see yourself change deep on the inside. And it's just an, it's an awesome, awesome thing. And part of this process, and I think here's some very simple advice. All right. And this is something that you hear in Sunday school. If you still have that at your church, this is something you hear in youth group, young adult groups. You hear this in what I would call big people church, (laughs) Uh, in, in, in the main sanctuary on Sunday mornings from your senior pastor, or one of your executive pastors, you hear things like, hey, you should be reading your Bible. You should be praying. You should be going to church. It's important for you to be a part of a community, right? You, you hear all of these things. What you have to understand is that As you are in this process of sanctification or becoming more like God, it is impossible for you to be more like God if you don't pray, which is speaking to God. That's getting to know God, his character and who he is, right? You can't build a relationship with anybody that you don't talk to, right? And remember, prayer is not for God, it's for you. It's for you to know God better. God already knows everything about you, right? You need to know 
God. And so this process of prayer is a vital part to your developing in sanctification. Same thing with Bible reading, right? Again, the Bible, you reading the Bible is not for God. You reading the Bible is for you. He already knows what it says. He's the one who his Holy Spirit breathed upon those who wrote the scriptures, right? They were inspired by him. He knows everything that's in the scriptures and more, right? So you reading your word has everything to do with you. It's a spiritual workout. It's, it's, it's really what it is, right? And so when we go back to the basis of sanctification and how are you going to be able to grow? How is God going to speak to you? How are you going to know that the, we talked last time about the manual, right? We talked about getting upgrades. We talked about that the master or Christ, he is the one who created you. So he knows everything that should be happening in your life and how your life should go. So if he is the author and he is the finisher of your life, it is incredibly important that you spend time in prayer and that you spend time with God in his word. Now, I understand there is a lot of busy people, okay? They're just a lot of, I am crazy busy, right? Most people go, Kevin, I don't even know how you fit all of that stuff in. I don't know either. Right. But I'm a type of person that I do not like downtime. I don't like to sit around and veg out on movies and doing I, I that drives me nuts. Right. It doesn't mean I don't like to have some entertainment and, you know, sit down with movies and sometimes just just sit on in a chair with my phone. Right. And, 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 you know, sometimes, yes, everyone likes to do that. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as that stuff is done in moderation. But it should never take place or supersede your time with God. And so if you if you're going through this series and you're thinking that somehow you're going to be able to go through this process of sanctification without the the just the regular rudimentary things, right? So the the prayer, reading your Bible, going to church, being a part of church community, If you think that sanctification is going to happen in your life and you're not doing those things, you're sadly mistaken. Those things are a must if you are going to be the person God has called you to be. You know, the Bible says that forsake not the assembling of yourselves together and so much the more when you see that day approaching. Right. So listen, what what that scripture is basically saying is be in community with other believers. Go to church. Be in community with other believers and do it even more as you see us getting closer and closer to the time of the end, right? And we don't know. We we can't know when exactly that time is, but we do know this. We know that every day that we get up, we are closer and closer to the end times. And so I think that's very important. And then, of course, community is important. So we should be growing, right? We should be growing. And you say, well, but Kev, you know, you said that this this episode is called You're a Canvas. Oh, yes. And we're about to get to that right now. So think about this. You're a canvas. When you were born, and this is excellent. 
I just, I love this so much, right? And we're going to read some scripture here in a second. So you understand and it'll bring it all together. You were a blank canvas. When you, God has a purpose. And I don't, if you're listening to me and you're not saved or you're not a Christian or you're seeking or you're trying to figure things out, let me tell you something. Every person that is born is born on purpose. There is no oops. Now for your parents, it might've been an oops, but God already knew that you were going to born before the foundations of the world or before the world was here. God knew that you were going to be born. Okay. Now your parents could call it a mistake. Right. Your 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 little brother or sister who's just jealous because they thought they were going to be the only one. And they, you know, and they are cruel and say, oh, mom didn't even mom and dad didn't even want to have you. They told they said that you were a mistake. You, you were just an oopsie. Right. It doesn't matter what anybody says on earth because your father in heaven is the one who orchestrated all things. And so. So whether or not you were an oopsie to your parents or not, you were intentionally created by the father. And Jeremiah, he says, before you were in the womb, I knew you, right? And so it's really important that you understand that when you were born, you were born as a canvas, a blank canvas. And as you go throughout your life, there are paths and there are things that God has designed for you to go down, right? And so as you go through your life, God, if you're following Christ, God is painting your canvas. (laughs) Oh, I love it so much. He is painting the pathways and the pictures and the things your life is being painted. He already knows, right? He already knows. So he knows where to put things. He knows which paths to take you. So this is why we have to trust him. Now, when you're going through this process of sanctification, what you have to understand is that God doesn't show us everything that's wrong with us in one sitting, right? Right. Like, you know, and we were talking about all these things. We talked about loving our neighbors and we said, how in the world could you do that if you don't go through the process of sanctification? Well, you say, Kev, but I've got so many things in my life. Maybe you say, well, I have unforgiveness or I have pride or there's lust in my life or there's envy or there's I don't know the things like. Right. I don't know. But God knows And I, you know, it's funny because, you know, I I really try to be conscious of, you know, working on things in my life as I go about my Christian life. And I'm not perfect at this, just like, just like anybody else. So I'm not, you know, definitely not trying to say, oh, I, you know, (laughs) you know, I'm always working on myself so perfectly. You know, there are times that I get in ruts or there's times that I just get kind of lackadaisical and I don't do the things maybe that I should do. But but I really do try to focus on a couple of areas of my life, right? One big thing, and, and this is just what I do. And, and guys, you know, however God deals with you, you should do accordingly. But for me, there's one overarching main thing that I am working on with God. And then there are smaller things that I try to work on simultaneously. Now, you know, through the years, 
God has delivered me from a lot. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a little crazy because, you know, when I get over one thing, it's crazy. Like, I'm like, Oh God, thank you. I've got deliverance. I'm, I'm, I'm good in that area now, man. I just, I just can't wait to just kind of bask in this, this, you know, this glory right now. Right. I, I just can't wait to just bask in this moment. Right. And then, you know, and then something else pops up and I'm like, you know, a situation will happen or I'll, you know, or, or it's usually a situation that'll happen. And then I'll go, Oh my goodness. I cannot believe I reacted that way in this situation. And one of the things that happens there is that God through certain situations that happen to us, right? It, it could be bad situations. It could be a relationship that you're in where there's, you know, it's somebody that you don't necessarily like. And, but you have to work with this person, or this is a person that's a family member or something like that. And you think, man, I'm, I'm sailing pretty good. You know, I feel like I'm doing pretty good for myself. And then God, then something happens and then God shows you yourself. Oh my goodness. And then sometimes you just look at yourself and you, you think you're like, ugh, where did that ugly come from? Where, where did that part of me come from? I didn't even know I was a prideful person until this happened. I didn't even know I was a jealous person until my best friends got a, I don't know, got a new car or a big house or a, uh, I don't know, right? I mean, name your thing. Sometimes you don't know those feelings are inside of you until something happens. Well, this has everything to do with the process of sanctification. As you go through life, you're going to be faced with things that are going to show you yourself. As you go through life, you are going to read uh, scriptures in the Bible that will cause you to see yourself in a totally different light. And you're going to go, oh, wow, I've never thought of that before. And yeah, I'm not good in that area, but that's okay. I want you, as you listen to this episode today, here's what I want you to understand. God knows that you're not going to be perfect. Let me say that again. God knows that you're not going to be perfect. Not everything that you do in life, you're going to do from a place of total and pure sanctification and you're just going to be perfect. No, there is a lot of areas as good as we think we are, as mature in Christ as we think we are. There are still areas where God needs to to help us be better. And in some areas, he just needs to he's, he needs to change us altogether. That's the process of sanctification. But it's beautiful. Think about a canvas. If somebody brought a canvas to you and that canvas was totally blank, you would sit there and you'd be like, "Yeah, you know, there there's no there's no there's nothing to see on there that really you're like, eh, you know, it's just a blank canvas, canvas, big deal, right? But when the artist begins to paint, and you begin to see the process of the painting. When that painting is finally finished, sometimes those paintings are worth millions of dollars. Sometimes those paintings are worth thousands, hundreds of dollars, right? 
But see, this canvas that Christ is painting of you, (laughs) oh, it's priceless, right? There is no dollars that can be paid for it. Why? Because it's literally being painted by the creator of the universe, right? And so it is important that as you are the brush, but it's in The master's hand, it is important that you allow him, allow him to paint and to move that brush, which is you, wherever he wants. Allow him to guide you (laughs) because his whole point is for people around you, not, not the whole point, but this is part of it, so that people around you will see him. There is no way if you try to paint your own course, if you try to paint your own canvas, that you would would have a a masterpiece like Christ is going to have of you throughout your life. There's no way. There's no way. Why? Because you don't know where to put the brush. You don't know how to to paint this picture that God has for you. Because guess what? God usually just gives you enough light in your life to take the next step. He a lot of times don't he doesn't light your entire path from birth to death. And then for a lot of us, he doesn't do it because you know what? If we knew what we had to face, or we knew what God was going to ask us ahead of time, we'd never do it, right? And so what God does is he asks us to trust him with our lives step by step by step, which means you're not going to be perfect. You are going to make mistakes, and God knows that. He created you, and he loves you. He knows that, right? And so I want to give you an example of where Paul was talking to the Philippians and he said this himself. He said, look, guys, I'm not there yet. Right. It's Philippians three, verse 12 through 14. Verse 12 says, not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, But I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. 13, brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. (laughs) But one thing I do, I'm forgetting what is behind me and I'm reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Oh my gosh. I love this so much. Right? So Paul's going, listen, as a Christian, now he was, listen, Paul wrote two thirds of the new Testament. Okay. With all the insight and things that we read from Paul today. And we just, we're just dumbfounded. Like, man, what a deep mystery of God. Well, how, you know, what a blessing Paul has been to the church, right? But think about it. The guy who wrote all of this 
is saying, listen, I, I'm not there yet, guys. I, I'm pressing towards the mark. I, I'm not perfect. He, he says, he says, forgetting though what lies behind and I'm reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's okay. It's okay that you don't you that you don't do it all right. It's okay. What God is just asking of us through this process of sanctification and that's why we say sanctification is a process. Trust the process. Allow the Holy Spirit, I'm going to show you just how to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you through this process in a minute. I, there's a scripture that I want to read to you, and I think for some of you, you've probably, you may not have ever read the scripture before, or you may have never heard the scripture this way before. And I really want you to, to, to understand this. But Paul is saying, listen, I haven't obtained it already, or I'm not, and he says, or have already become perfect, but I press on. That's what God is expecting of us. Strive to be. Press to be. Run to be. Perfect. Right? Perfect in Christ. Remember, you can't do it on your own. Don't follow the rules. There is not a long enough skirt. There is not a a a a clean enough, clean enough, shaven face, right? There is not short enough hair. There's not long enough hair. There is not, there's not enough sacrifice that you can do to be who God has called you to be. It takes the Holy Spirit through the process of sanctification to do this. You just got to be open to it. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. You say, Kevin, I don't, I don't really feel like a masterpiece. Do, do you understand the thoughts that I have sometimes? Do, do you understand how I respond to my friends or my parents or my loved ones sometimes when I'm frustrated? If Kevin, if you were in my house, you wouldn't think what you think about me. You only like me, Kevin, because of what you see of me. Listen, every single one of us, I don't care who it is, including your pastor, every single one of us have things in our lives that we have to work on. Every single one, right? I don't care what you see on social media. It's nothing but a highlight reel. I don't care what you see at church. A lot of that sometimes is a highlight reel, right? I don't care what you see from your pastor and the and the first family and, and the, the executive pastors and the deacons and the whatever we all all of us are in a place where we have not arrived yet so whether you see it or not doesn't matter what matters is that god sees it and god god wants everyone from your pastor to the deacon to the ushers to the the prayer team to the whoever Right. The reason why God uses imperfect people is because God has chosen people to do his work. And if he chooses people by default, 
He's choosing imperfect people because there is no perfect people. The Bible says a person who says they were without sin is a liar. Right. And this doesn't mean that we promote sin. This doesn't mean that we say like, oh, you know, Paul said, he said, do we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. So we're not justifying sin. We're not saying that we just continue sinning because, oh, we just we're just, you know, well, God's grace is sufficient. Oh, God knows, you know, know, God ain't through with me yet. Right. And use that as a a crutch for sin. That's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is we have to come to grips and understand that we're not perfect. And God knows that the only thing that God is asking is that we avail ourselves to him and allow him to fix the things in our lives that are not like him. And it's through series like this that we understand or we learn how to do that. For we are God's masterpiece. I'm going to say that again. Ephesians 2.10. We are God's masterpiece. A masterpiece becomes a masterpiece because of the artist, not the piece itself. A canvas is worth nothing without the artist. A sculpture is worth nothing without the artist. We are worth nothing without Christ. We are an empty canvas that means absolute, that has no meaning in life. This is why when people don't serve Christ, they seem they they they're hopeless. They feel helpless. They feel like, hey, yeah, I'm all about assisted suicide because, yeah, if my body starts hurting and racking with pain, I have no purpose here anyway. I have no there's you know, there's nobody watching over me. There's nowhere that I'm going to return other than the dirt when I when I die. So why not? Why not just off myself? See, you are nothing without the creator. But with him, you are everything. You are his masterpiece. And I want to tell you again, the reason why you're a masterpiece is because of him. Think about it. Think about it. Just think about a natural analogy. You take a basketball That basketball, you take a Wilson basketball, right? That basketball is nothing. But put that that same basketball in the hands of Michael Jordan. Put that same basketball in the hands of LeBron James. All of a sudden, that basketball takes on a whole new identity. It takes on a whole new new level, right? It now becomes worth something. Oh, and don't let, don't let Michael Jordan or LeBron James write their name on it. Oh, oh, if they write their name on it, it's now worth a ridiculous amount of money. Now it's sought after. My friend, can I submit something to you? Can can I submit something to you? (laughs) 
your life is in the hands of the creator of the universe. Yeah, you were nothing until you were in his hands. And then now that you're in his hands, you've become valuable. And he has said (laughs) that he writes his name on us. And because he autographs us, you're now you're priceless. You couldn't even be sold on the auction block because there is no price big enough because you are covered in the priceless blood of Jesus. So now I want you to go back to Ephesians 2 and 10 and you tell me if you're not a masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. God made you his masterpiece. (laughs) So never again, if you're listening and you're under the sound of my voice, I don't want you to ever again say, Kev, when I read scriptures like that, I just don't get it. Remember the analogy of the basketball and remember if we put it into the hands of Michael Jordan or we put, remember the golf club, right? If we put that, the golf club is nothing if it's laying in the middle of the golf course doing nothing. But if you put it in the hand of Tiger Woods, it changes everything. And don't let him sign it. Don't let him sign it. Then it becomes even more valuable. You are valuable. You are a masterpiece. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we were dead. We were lifeless. We We weren't worth anything, but because now that we are in Christ Jesus, (laughs) we're anew. He says, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Yeah, long ago, like before you were in the womb, I knew you. Now, let me, I want to explain to you. Now, this is, this is. If if you want to know how sanctification can be truly actualized in your life, this next scripture is going to be very, very important. It is simply Hebrews 12 and verse 1. And if you are at home or you're somewhere where you can actually pull this out, I think you should. I think you should. Because a lot of times when you hear this scripture, you hear this scripture for the the very first line, right? It, it, it you know the very first few words, and a lot of pastors, which is fine, you know, it's fine. I mean, they're they're maybe teaching on something totally different, so they focus on the first few words of this. But it says. Therefore, now I want you to listen. I want you to listen because this is very important for sanctification to be at, to be actualized in your life, right? So the next things that I'm going to say in this episode, you need to listen carefully because as you walk through life and as you're trying to walk this out, guys, 
you've got to have a roadmap on how to get there. And this is a huge part of the roadmap. Listen what it says. Therefore, Hebrews 12 and 1, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Okay. Now, a lot of time people, they, they will read the scripture, but the words that I just said is a lot of times where they, what, what they focus on, right? Oh, there's these people in the banisters of heaven looking down and cheering us on. Okay. And I've got some, I got some commentary on that too at some point, but that's not for this episode. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So God's intentional plan for us. Let's run with the person with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Remember we talked last week or last time we were together, we talked about how God created you. Like, how can you tell the creator where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do? He's the one that created it. And we use the analogy of the, of the smartphone, the iPhone, right? And we, we said, sorry to the Android people. And we said, eh, you know, I know you Android people are not going to understand this. Remember we said we did that. And we talked about how Steve jobs was the creator of the iPhone. And to tell Steve jobs that he, that the, the, the round button at the bottom of the phone, some of the older ones, is is wasn't it shouldn't be for you to go back to the main menu it should work some other kind of way and that actually should you know if you hit that button it should make a call well that's but that's not what it was created to do right that's not what steve jobs who is the creator of the iphone that's not what he intended it for it to be right and we used an analogy to say god is the creator of our lives and so whatever he has designed for us we don't get to tell him, well, that's not what I want to do. Well, that's not what, you know, that, that's not the way, God. I want to go this way because this way is better. No, he goes, my way is better, right? And if you notice, that's what kind of world we live in today, right? And I don't want to go on that rabbit trail, but everybody wants to do things that they feel as opposed to what's true. It's not about our feelings. It's about what the truth is. So he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin mm, that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on who? Jesus, right? He is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. Oh, I love it. I love it. Listen what he's saying. Fix your eyes on the person who actually created it, right? If I was in the Apple offices and somebody said, oh, no, 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 it should do this. It should do that. And trying to tell Steve Jobs, rest his soul, Lord, you know, trying to tell him how things should be or trying to tell Tim Cook and his team how things should be. I would say, oh, no, 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 no. You need to talk to Steve because Steve's the one who came up with this. And before you get everybody off into a tizzy and, and getting everything confused, why don't you go to the actual creator? And that's what I'm asking you to do with your lives today. I want you to go back to the creator because he's the one who knows exactly how you should live or he knows the race that is marked out for 
you. So fixing your eyes on Jesus or the creator or the pioneer and the perfecter of your faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He scorned its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, I want to go to a very important part of this scripture. Let us, and if you read the KJV, which is, I'm not reading out of the KJV right now, but if you read out of the KJV, it literally says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So he says, let us throw off everything that hinders or weight and the sin that so easily entangles. As Christians, a lot of times we focused on the biggies, right? We focus on the big sins. We focus on, I don't commit adultery. I'm not fornicating. Well, I'm not uh, addicted to pornography. Well, I'm not, you know, I don't know. N- name your big things, right? Things that people think are, are big, right? And we focus on those and we use those sins that are, are the big, the big ones, as we say, I don't really, there's, there's, I don't think there's big and little sins to God. They, they, they're now, there are difference in consequences for, for sins, right? Right. There's some sins that will follow you for the rest of your life if you get involved in them. Right. There's other ones that don't follow you for the rest of your life. So there's degrees of consequence and punishment for for different sins based on just the gravity of the situation. Right. But there's no big and small sins. So you you don't want to 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 try to balance the scale based on and trying to use your your the ruler. The, the, the ruler for your life is not whether you're doing big sins or not, because it's usually not the big ones that catch you up. Right. It's the little sins. The Bible says it's the little foxes that destroy the vine. He, it says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Right. Right. You know, you know, oh, I don't want this bread to rise. You put a little leaven in there. It doesn't matter. You don't have to put a ton of leaven. That bread's rising, baby. Right. So what he's saying, and, and, and when you think about sanctification, sanctification is that stuff you didn't think about. Think about the first episode of this series when I talked about loving your enemies. And you probably were thinking, oh, yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of passively love them in the sense that, you know, I mean, I, I don't really like them a lot, but I don't, you know, I don't want them to die. I don't want horrible things to happen to them. Or maybe you do. I don't know. Right. Maybe you're having a David moment. Right. And in the Psalms where he's like, kill him, Lord, you know, smite him. You know, cut them off at the knee. I mean, you know, <laughs> oh man, right? You might say, "Hey, Kev, I, I'm good." Like I passively love. And then when I read the other scriptures and what love really actually was, you were like, "Oh boy, maybe I don't love my enemies because I don't actively do good. I don't, I don't pray for them. I don't do all the things that God actually says." And then when I read that love is patient and kind and doesn't keep record of right and wrong and do all of these things, I realized that man, I don't love them at all. See, see, that's what I'm talking about, right? So, so, so it's not the big thing. Sometimes it's these little things in our lives that we think are little. And I use the word little because that's the only thing that I have because that's how we look at it in society. We look at it at big sins and we look at it as little sins when it's all just sin. And what we need to do is we need to take a step back and say, 
God, I surrender it all, every single crevice of my life. And this is what sanctification does. It gets into the nitty gritty. It gets into the cracks, into the crevices of our hearts that sometimes we don't even see until something comes up and we surprise ourselves. So he says, let us throw off. This is sanctification, guys. Throw off everything that hinders or throw off the weight and the sin, not just sin. Because sometimes as Christians, we go, well, I didn't sin. I didn't do that big thing. I didn't do that. And we think we're okay. But the Bible is saying, what about the weights? What about those things that are not necessarily sin in our lives? But it it holds us back from truly being that person that God has called us to be. Right. Paul even said, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. All things are lawful, but not everything is expedient. And that word expedient just simply means in, in just in just regular thinking out loud vernacular. All things, you, there's a lot of things you can do, but not everything is smart to do. Not everything is wise to do. Right. So we're sometimes it, with what saying and then what happens is what sanctification does is it helps us to understand. Yeah, you might not be sinning in this area or you may not have some big issue in this area. But it's a hindrance to you, right? Think about it. It's like somebody that's going up a mountain and somebody wants to climb Mount Everest, right? And any climber will tell you that the more gear that you have on, the the, the harder it is going to be for you to get up that mountain. I mean, that's just common sense, right? Right. The, the, the lighter you are, the less fatigued you're going to be. Right. The less your back is going to hurt. Now, can you still get up the mountain with that gear on? Sure, you will. But think about how difficult it's going to be to get there. And what the Holy Spirit is saying is, yeah, I understand that you're saying these sins, you, you, you're good there. You're not trying to do all the big sins, but the Holy Spirit is saying there is a much lighter way to get to the place that I've called you to get to with much less unnecessary obstacle because you're already going to have obstacle. You are already going to have tests. You're already going to have things that is going to cause you to, to have difficulty. So he goes, but, but why the weights? Why put the extra stuff on you? How does this look practically, Kev? Maybe you not, you may be the people that you associate yourself with that are actually hurting you instead of helping you, maybe that is a weight in your life right now, right? Maybe that friend circle that you have, it's not that God wants us to isolate ourselves and only be friends with Christians and only like that's, that's, that's another horrible, that's going way on the other side. That's, that's awful, right? There's no way we can be a light if we're never go into dark places, right? There, there's, there's never, we can never be a light if we don't have people like that around us in our lives, but there are some of us that, you know, we're not really trying to be a light. It's, it's just that we kind of like these people. And what's happening is these people are pulling us further from God or they're pulling us back or they're a weight on our journey. Right. It may be something else in your life. It may be a romantic relationship that's holding you back. 
it, it, it could be, and it's not that the person is inherently wrong. It's not that, you know, or anything like that, but the person is just not, they're a weight. You would be so much further in your relationship with God. If this person, if you weren't so connected with this person, it could be a family member, right? It could be somebody you're codependent upon, right? It could be things in your life that you do for entertainment that really takes your mind off of where it needs to be. It causes you to be dull spiritually. No, it's not a sin, but it's, it, it hinders you. It could be social media, right? Maybe you sit and you're scrolling through social media when you should be praying, that's not necessarily a sin, but it's a it's a weight. It's causing you to move slower towards the things of God. It's 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 weighing you down. Right. You could be obsessed with the news and God is trying to bring joy in your life. But because you're so consumed with what's happening in the world, it's really hard to get to that place of joy. And God is standing in front of you and he's going, I've got joy for you. I've got peace for you. But you're so engrossed in the news and everything that's going on in the day, in this world and in this culture that you have a hard time reaching joy. That's an un necessary weight. Again, it's not a sin to watch the news. It's not a sin to scroll through your phone a little bit. It's not a sin to be on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. Those things are not sins in and of themselves, but they can be weights. God's idea of sanctification is that we, that he shows us deep things and you might look and say, well, but so-and-so, but pastor so-and-so, he gets up and man, he gets great messages and I hear him pray. He prays really well and he and he's on social media. Guess what? That might not be his vice. You have no idea what that person is giving up. Maybe his is watching sports. Maybe hers is watching rom-coms. I don't know. <laughs> Right. It could be whatever it is, but they're giving that up. Maybe social media is not your pastor's vice. There's probably other things that he or she is saying no to. As part of I can't have this weight in my life. Think about it. Look, I mean, you could go all through the analogies. It's the same way with our bodies. Right. We do much better when we have less weight. I felt better when I weighed less. I used to be a super skinny mini guy. My wife, you know, it's funny because a lot of times when, you know, people ask, you know, how do we get together? All the, all the things. And she said, yeah, when I met Kevin, I didn't know whether I should marry him or sponsor him. And it's true. I was a skinny dude. You know, you could see my ribs. I was a grown man, but I was a skinny dude. Right. But now because of her amazing cooking, I've gained weight. Right. But I don't feel like I did when I met her because now I have more weight. And we're going to move off of that analogy real quick and move on to another analogy. Okay. <laughs> right. But, 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 but again, let's go back to this person climbing the mountain. If you are climbing a mountain, you've got all this weight on you. Why? Right. 
carry the necessities, the thing you need some water, you need some food, you need some flares, you need some things that if you get stuck or there's you need help, that you're able to signal that you need help. But all the other stuff, why in the world would you put bowling balls in your backpack when you're climbing a mountain? Who, but, but, but I, but I thought I would need it because I thought maybe me and my friend, we could, we could play, you know, we could, you know, we could play a game with them or we could do whatever, but it's not necessary. So why are you taking them? Right? Well, it's the same way in your spiritual life. There are things that are not sin, but the Holy spirit through the process of sanctification goes, you know what? You don't need that. You don't need to do that. Right? You, you, you don't need that. You, you don't need to binge watch shows every night. It's not a sin, but you don't need to do that because I can't speak to you. I can't. You, you can't hear from me because you're not spending time in prayer and reading your Bible. So it's making it harder for you to live right. <laughs> wait and sin. Wait and sin, not just the sin. Pay attention to the weights. You know, sometimes Christians have this thought of how much can I get away with and still go to heaven? I mean, we're sometimes we're not, I mean, if we're honest, right? You know, if we're really honest about what is going on in our hearts, and, and that's God's not going to fall off his throne because you have that mindset, right? He, he understands that. Well, he understands that. That nature that we have inside of us sometimes, that war against the spirit is, well, how much can I get away with and still go to heaven? I'm going to tell you something. If that's anywhere in the crevices of your heart, ask the Holy Spirit to change that. Ask the Holy Spirit to take that away. Because what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life is far beyond the temporary enjoyments of this world. Now, listen, it doesn't mean that you're going to be some monk somewhere, not speaking and reading all day and praying. No, nine times out of 10, that's not what God, yes, he wants you to go on vacation. He wants you to go on a cruise. He wants you to be able to go out on the beach and experience the ocean and go take a walk in the woods and go do mountain climbing or biking or watching your favorite TV show with your wife, your husband, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, the whoever's, your friends, right? He wants you to be able to go to the movies and enjoy a funny comedy, right? He wants you to be able, these are things, Every a lot of the things that we experience you understand that God is the ultimate creator of them, right? Comedy. You don't think God, we wouldn't know what comedy was if it wasn't for God. He gave us the ability to be and to be funny and also to recognize something as funny, right? He's the one they've given us the gift of laughter. He's the one that's done it. So Let's not say, well, oh, Kevin, if I follow this, I will never be doing anything. Listen, he wants you to enjoy all of these things, but none of these things should control us. And I'm telling you, for some of us, these are weights. For some of us, the mindset of how much can I get away with and still go to heaven? You need to say, God, I just need to surrender. I want to surrender everything. God is not going to take everything out of your life. He want this is why he put all this stuff down here. Right? 
You don't think he knew that when he created the world, there were going to be people who were just going to take a drive down back roads just to look at how pretty the leaves are when they turn for the fall. You don't think he knew that? You don't think he knew that when he when he created the clouds in the sky that there were going to be people on airplanes that were going to be looking out of their window and go, wow, that is amazing. Remember, he's the one behind the clouds, the airplane and the person who's saying, wow, look at those clouds. He created all of it. She went, no, 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 no. Delta created the planes. No, he gave them the intelligence. All intelligence is from God. He gave them the intelligence to make the planes. <laughs> Everything goes back to God. Everything. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders or the weights and the sin that so easily entangles us through this process. We need to listen to the small whispers of the Holy spirit. And a lot of times you can't do that when you have weights in your life, things that, cause it makes it harder for you, right? Think about it. And you say, well, Kev, is this going to be nitpicky? Is God just going to nitpick in my life? Well, I guess it depends on how you look at it. If you want to be like him, it's not nitpicky. If you want to chart your own course, then it's going to seem real nitpicky. It's going to seem real micromanagey. It's going to, you know, you're not going to like it because, you know, I can't do this and I can't do that and I'm stuck and I can't be who I want to be. Well, remember, I told you, you have no idea who you're supposed to be. Only God knows that. And through the process of sanctification and you reading the word and you spending time in prayer with God, he begins to show you who you are supposed to be. This is why so many people in the world are confused right now. They have no idea. They have no idea who they are. And the reason why is because they are not following the the very person who created them, right? I say person, you, you know what I mean. You know, God's a spirit, I know. Don't, don't, don't write me letters and emails, right? But that, that's, that's, you know what I'm saying? God is the, he's the one who created you. So it's not him being nitpicky. It's just him realizing where you are and him realizing that at, at this point, you, you, it's you realizing, excuse me, that you need him. You need him. Think about a painter. Think about a painter. Let's go back to that canvas. Remember, you're his masterpiece. You're a canvas. In our last few minutes together, I want you to get this. A painter has to get out the imperfections as he or she is painting the canvas. There might be a time where they dip a little cloth or a little uh, paper towel or something in water, and they may go. They may go to this area, and they oh oh man, that was a mess up right there. Ooh, I gotta, I gotta take that out. It's a blemish. Ooh, I gotta take that out. This is what the Holy Spirit does. This is what the process process of sanctification does, right? 
Because at the end, God wants you to look like what you were originally intended to look like. Think about it. If a painter never took out the imperfections, think about an artist that's drawing. When the artist is drawing a picture, there are some times when he's using that pencil and he's shading things in and he's doing his work. He has to erase things and he's got to take out the imperfections. And maybe there was a stroke of the, the pencil or the, the brush that just kind of went a little bit too far. And he pulls and he dials that back by using an eraser or using a, a, a soft cloth to, to do that. He, he, that's exactly what the process of sanctification does because if he doesn't do that and then he goes to sell that painting or he goes to say, this is a house that sits on a lake and there's the sun behind it and people will look at it and go, that doesn't look like that at all. See, if the creator or the artist of the painting or the drawing is not intentional about the little things. When he's done, he or she is done with the painting or the drawing. It will look nothing like the creator intended it for it to look. And everybody looks on and they go, oh, that's supposed to be a house on a lake. That does not look like a house on a lake at all. Think about our lives with Christ. Think about it. If you don't allow God to take out those imperfections, erase things, uh, dab some things out of our lives, we will never look like the people that God has called us to be. And then when people come by us, they'll go, oh, you're a Christian. I didn't know. I Oh, I didn't know it. I couldn't tell. You didn't really kind of look. You didn't really act like one. Right. Oh, I didn't know. Oh. Okay, but 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 when but when the creator is allowed to paint the canvas the appropriate way and is allowed to take out the imperfections and erase a little bit here and erase a little bit there and dab out a little bit of this over here. When the artist is able to do that, guess what? The canvas and the picture actually comes out the way that it was intended and everybody that comes into the gallery can see, wow, that's a beautiful house sitting on a lake with ducks in the pond. They're not sitting there looking like, uh, what is that supposed to be? Right. That, that, but a lot of times us as Christians, because we don't allow the Holy Spirit to come in and do those little things as a process of sanctification. People have a hard time realizing that we are Christian. They have a hard time realizing that we have been set apart. They have a hard time realizing that things are different with us because we look a lot like them. We look a lot. We look distorted. Right. We 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 are the ones, you know, they're fretting and they're fainting about the things that are going in the world. And so are we. They have no faith. And so and, and we don't either. They, they're afraid of things that are coming on in the wars and the rumors of wars. And so are we. They're dealing with anxiety and depression and all of these things. And so are we because we haven't put our trust and our faith in Christ. We haven't went to good counselors that can help us out of these things. Guys, we are not to paint our own canvas. We are not to control the brush that is in the master's hand. We are not to do anything with the pencil that is within the master's hand, let him erase it. Let him dab out the things that are not like him so that when he is done with you, you will look like 
Christ. You will look like the path he has created for you. The more small imperfections, and you say, well, it wasn't a big one. It was just small. You keep making small, allowing small imperfections, small things, things that are not big things. Just keep letting it eat away at that canvas. Keep, keep putting the wrong dots in the wrong place. Keep putting the wrong strokes in the wrong place. Keep putting, and a person will never see you as Christ intended. And that's not what he intended. He intended us to be the light of the world, a city that's set on the hill that cannot be hid. He, we, people should be able to read us if we say nothing about Jesus, which we should, but if we say nothing about him, our lives, our lives should look like him. But the only way that happens is if you allow him to orchestrate your life, allow him to paint your canvas, allow him to make you that masterpiece. The reason why we don't feel like that we're a masterpiece a lot is because we haven't allowed the creator of the masterpiece to actually sculpt us. We've sculpted ourselves. And then we look in the mirror and we go, Ooh, I don't like that. Yeah. It's because we have not allowed the process of sanctification for God to come in and remove those things and add things and give us an upgrade and do all the things that we've talked about in our last time together, our last episode. Don't let busyness get in the way of being intentional because this whole thing that's happening, this whole thing, the only way that this truly happens is if you're intentional, like you're not going to go through the process of sanctification on accident. Just no way, (laughs) no way. It only happens when you're intentional every single day. And don't tell me you don't have time because we've got time for everything else. We've got time for Netflix. We've got time for vacations. We've got time for scrolling through our phones. We've got time for, you know, kicking back and watching the game. We have time and you can do some of that stuff. I'm not saying again, let's not go down the legalistic route. This is not to go into legalism, right? Because again, following the rules don't work. Don't follow the rules. Because that's not how you get holy, right? It's not about following the rules. But there are certain things that if you're going to have, it's like you don't have a good marriage on accident. You don't have a good, you don't have well-behaving kids on accident. You don't just wake up, never do anything with your kids, never teach them how they should function in society, how they should be quiet during church or during class time or whatever the case may be. And they just all of a sudden just going to be perfect. No, you have to teach them. Well, it's the same thing with sanctification. It doesn't happen on accident. Remember, sanctification is a process and you're a canvas. Lose the weight. Oh, but Kevin, I don't do this and I don't do. Nope. Lose the weight. I'm not talking about the sin. Remember, Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin. <laughs> Read it for yourself. And like I say, and I keep saying about the KJV because I like the word weight because KJV says 
uh, King James Version, for those of you don't don't, you know, it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Right. It, it didn't put those two as the same thing. It, 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 it distinguishes them. It says this version I'm reading says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin. Lose the weight. We can do it. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. Listen, I'm enjoying this, guys. And guys, my desire, and yeah, I'm the one talking about it. Yeah, yep, I I know. But you know what? You know who's you know who's gotta do this and and really gotta allow God to work this out in his own life? You're you you guessed it. It's this guy right here. This guy right here. My prayer for my own soul is that God would continue this work in my life. I want to be the husband, the father, the brother, the uncle, the all the things that God has called me to be. I truly do. And I know for a fact, the only way I'm going to get there is this process of sanctification. It's the only way I'm going to get there. And I invite you to take this journey with me. We are going to continue this discussion as we continue to move through sanctification. I pray this has been a blessing to you. Uh, 248-301-2010. Would you text? Would you let us know how this is helping you or if you have questions or anything like that? We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your testimony and your story and what God is speaking to you during this time. It's just an, it's an, it's an encouragement to us, right? You know, I'm, I, you know, I, I sit behind a microphone here. (laughs) You guys are out there. I can't see you. So if you would be so kind, just send us a message. Say, Hey man, this is what's happening. This is what God is doing, right? I don't know who you are when you're texting through. No idea. And that's okay. That's it's not about that, right? It's about community. I want us to be a tight knit, thinking out loud, God fearing, God loving community. That's what I want us to be. And if you've got ideas, you might say, "Hey, Kev, I, we'd love. I'd love to meet other people who listen to the podcast and all of that good stuff." I, I'd like to do some. I, 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 there's some creative things I, I've got in my mind that I would love to do. But I want to know if that if there's something you guys would like. I'd love to do a either a YouTube live one time or do like a Zoom call with all of our listeners. Right. You get to meet me, you get to meet Kyle. We, we can talk about some things we can. You can sh- uh, shoot out questions to us, stuff like that. Let me know, though. And the way you let me know is you text that line 248-301-2010. Let us know. Is that something that interests you? We'd love to meet you. We'd love to to converse with you. We'd love to answer any questions, all the things. Right. And so, listen, we love you guys. Don't forget to rate and review us. Don't forget to go on all. We're everywhere. Share this, please, with your family members, your friends. I believe this is something that God wants to speak to people all over the world. So whatever you listen to us on, remember, you can and you can also go to Buzzsprout. That's where my web, the podcast is hosted. So you can go there and listen to us, but you can listen everywhere and on all streaming devices. We love you. God bless you, and we'll see you next time as we continue this journey to sanctification. Bye for now.